welcome back to another edition of the Spike Bar podcast. Uh, just first and foremost, a bit of housekeeping. Um, I mentioned last week I, I did a couple of other interviews, uh, so there will be a second podcast coming out at the back of this week. Um, that podcast will be with a guy called Richard Franklin of Discover Golf. Uh, Richard's a PGA pro out in the US uh, who's basically developed um, a great junior programs to introduce the game to juniors uh, in a way that's kind of constructive uh, lots of fun and also introduces the skills around competition and a very sort of mindful conversation with him it was a really interesting uh, interview and great to get his insights on on the game having played it himself on some of the mini tours too so um, do look out for that I will probably put that out on Friday this week so that's Richard Franklin from Discover Golf but um, this is obviously the review preview show um, let's get into last week and uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational um, which was won by the legendary Francesco Molinari um, what a final round he produced uh he shot a final round 64 uh, which was actually averaged just over eight strokes better than the rest of the field in that final round to win by two strokes from matt fitzpatrick um just a subliminal display of iron play at just he was just in total control of his goal swing and he and in fairness to him it was uh, almost the better part of two rounds he played the last 28 holes uh bogey free um and uh, when he goes on those kind of bogey free stretches um he's pretty he's pretty unstoppable uh he actually ended up starting the final round in 17th position so it was a, a biggest comeback um in tournament history uh from from 17th to win and just kind of um caps off an unbelievable 12 months um, where he averages more than 20, almost 25 uh, official world golf ranking points per events, uh, which is five better uh, than any of his nearest challengers. Um, and his nearest challenger is Brooks Kepka, which is obvious given his, uh, two, his two majors last year. So he's won the Open, the BMW PGA Championship on the European Tour. On the PGA Tour, he's won the Quicken Loans National and the Arnold Palmer Invitational, as well as all five points in the Ryder Cup. Um, just phenomenal ball striking. Uh, his putting is so much better, so much more aggressive. Just uh, really pleased for him. He's, he's not the most... Um, uh, I would say charismatic. There is something about him that kind of draws you to him, but he's not the most outgoing or charismatic of guys. But just you just root for him. Uh, he just kind of looks like an everyday, normal kind of bloke. Um, it's fascinating in that he he still lives in London, so he's playing obviously primarily on the PGA Tour now, but he still lives in London, commutes each week. Um, you know, his family is, is settled down here in London. His coach Dennis Pugh is obviously based here in in London. He plays at the Wisley Club here, um, uh, but yeah, he still goes out and performs each every week so congratulations to him um, obviously Callaway are over the moon given that he's just moved to Callaway just before the WGC in Mexico uh, he did very well there as well so uh, just great to see that with the equipment change not that it should mean a drastic change in form for anybody but with the equipment change it's still relatively seamless and he's looking like he's going to push on from uh, from his form from last year which is great to see um 
Fabulous week by Matt Fitzpatrick. He didn't do a great deal wrong um, on, on Sunday. He didn't play too badly. Uh, he still shot under par. Uh, he beat the rest of the field. It was just, look, Frankie was unbelievable in that final round. So uh, fabulous win, a second place, solo second place for Matt. Um, and great to kind of just continue to get his name out there. Again, a good quality. He's still so young. I think he's 25, uh, English player. Um, so another really good week for him. Um, the fifth time now that Rory has been in the final pairing since the playoffs last year and he's still yet to win so um, there is the narrative of him being unable to close a tournament seems to be getting louder and louder Um, his biggest challenge is putting uh, given he was in the final group and given that um, Francesco finished best part of a couple of hours before him and Matt Fitzpatrick we literally saw every single shot he gives himself so many chances he just cannot for whatever reason just the putter sometimes goes a bit cold um, he's averaging losing nearly one and a half shots in his final round um, at the minute so uh, I don't know whether that's nerves or the mental uh, aspect getting to him but um, still, look. Let's let's not take away. It's that this tied sixth is his worst finish so far this year on the PJ Tour, and he's played five events. So it's still not bad, but just you just want to see him get over that line. Just want to see him make that that stretch. I will say, part of me was a little bit pleased that Rory didn't win in the end because um, uh, even my wife was go- you know, drooling over how good he looked in his uh, in his Arnold Palmer esque outfit on Sunday. So um, I suppose I'll take that as a little win, uh, nonetheless. Um, uh, the the leaderboard from a European point of view was a brilliant leaderboard to look at it had a very much a, a Ryder Cup feel to it um, I've got to say Twitter was was melting down a little bit freaking out about the, all those Europeans on there I think there must still be a bit of PTSD from uh, from our Ryder Cup triumph at the Golf National um, but uh, you obviously had Tommy Flip well Frankie winning Matt Fitzpatrick second Tommy Fleetwood and Rafa Cabrera tied for third and then tied for sixth you had Rory um, and Matt Wallace another great week by Matt Wallace I should say as well so um, just really strong for the European game you also had uh, Henrik Stenson was top 20 and Poulter and Hatton uh, were both top 30 so really good week for uh, for the Europeans out on the out on the PGA Tour and the top American was Keith Mitchell so he obviously won the um, the event last week and followed it up with a tied six as well to finish as top American on the tour and that is the first time since the Open at St Andrews in 2010 that uh, there has been no American in the top five of a PGA Tour event um, don't forget the majors also count as the PGA Tour on, or count on the PGA Tour so it's the first time in uh, nine nine years that no American has been in the top five so uh, again that probably gives further credence to um, American Twitter freaking out a little bit about all those Europeans everywhere um, a couple of things to just to note on on last week was Aaron Baddeley uh, confirmed his credentials as perhaps one of the greatest putters on the PGA Tour. Um, he gained an unbelievable 9.97 strokes on the field over the week on the green. So, I mean, that's just phenomenal putting. Um, he's always been a great putter, struggled with his long game um, at, at, for, for a lot of his career, but he's always been a, a quality, quality putter. And talking of good putters, 
Another good week for Lucas Glover. Again, on the comeback tour, another top 10 for him. That's uh, four four top 10s this season and eight top 20. So he's having a great sort of comeback year this year. In terms of picks, so me versus the gents, uh, Adam Trett is on a heater. He picked Tommy Fleetwood, who finished tied for third. Uh, my pick was Justin Rose, who finished 63rd. Simon had Bryson DeChambeau, who finished 58th, I think, or tied for 58th. And poor old Mark, invisible golfer. He went and tried to go with a hot-handed Brooks Kepka, who missed the cut. So Adam, for the third week in a row, has won the picks. So he's close, slowly but surely clawing me back. Um, and he's got another top three finish. So it's three top three finishes in a row. So... Uh, when we come to the picks later, make sure you lump on Adams because he seems to be getting um, certainly his money back anyway each way. Uh, on the European Tour last week, we had the Qatar Masters. Um, so that was won by Justin Harding, the South African. That was his first win on the European Tour. He birdied a bit like um, Kurt Kitayama the week before in Amman. He birdied three of his last four holes to win and had a very excruciating weight as all the um, uh, final pairings sort of drifted through and never quite made it. Uh, it was a really tight event. He, he finished uh, two strokes ahead of nine other players uh, who finished on 11 under. Um, so uh, he did uh, obviously extremely well. And again, a bit like Frankie, got in a score early and then just had to wait, wait it out. Um, some of the other nine uh, players who've, who were two strokes back were the likes of Eric Van Royen, the young South African, um, who looks very up and coming this year. So look out for him to do well. And then Oliver Wilson, good to see him return to form. He was uh, going in, uh, going into the final round as a leader, didn't quite finish it out. Still had an under par round, but didn't quite finish that out. But good to see him in some good form. And then uh, the likes of Jorge Campillo and uh, the enigmatic Frenchman Mike Lorenzo Vera. Lorenzo Vera. Um, other notes from last week, I suppose one that kind of just really caught my eye was just good to see Andy Sullivan showing some shoots of some good form again with the tied 11th finish for him. So, you know, fingers crossed he's been in the wilderness since the 2016 Ryder Cup, really not really done anything since then. So it'd be good to see him come back because he's just a you know, great character, great character to root for. Um, in terms of uh, previewing this week's events... I am. There is a uh, an event on the European Tour. It's the Magical Kenyan Open. It's a relatively small event, bearing in mind that it's the Players Championship this week. So I'm not going to do much on the uh, or anything on the Magical Kenyan Open this week. Um, and I'm going to devote the rest of the time uh, to this podcast on the Players Championship. Um, uh, so first things first, let's get Tiger news out of the way. So Tiger looks to be healthy um, and he will be playing at the players unless obviously anything changes in the next 24 hours or so, which I think the PGA Tour is very pleased about given that he has been all over their promotional material for the players this week. Um, the PGA Tour seems to be Having said they weren't driving the narrative of this is the fifth major, they are definitely trying to drive the narrative as the players being the fifth major. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there are four majors and four majors alone. This is the next best event um, outside of the four majors, and I think you should just stay as that. Um, I think the fact that some players are even thinking about not playing it, Phil Mickelson was even saying, well, I might not play it this year, it just gives credence to the fact that it isn't the fifth major. 
let's just accept it for what it is, which is the best normal PGA Tour event of the season. Um, and that's reflected by look the, the amount that's available for the winner. So it's a 2.25 million um, uh, purse for the winner and the total purse is 12.5 million and there's 600 FedEx cut points up for grabs. So it's, it's a huge event. Um, and, and that's again reflected in the fact that the world number one has so many different permutations depending on this week's results. You've got DJ Rose, JT and Brooks all vying potentially for world number one depending on how they do this week. Um, I think DJ and Rose are more likely um, just based on the different permutations. But even still, it's a, it's a great event, big event. Um, and one that's going to have a lot of uh, interesting uh, repercussions for the FedEx Cup and the the world rankings. Um, So the players has been played in May uh, for the last uh, 12 years, since 2006, but it was always originally, the the course was built and it was uh, originally played in March. So the course was built to be played in March by Pete Dye. So it's good that it's now gone back to uh, its March standing Although, obviously, in the sort of compacted uh, tour schedule, um, hopefully the, the amount of golf that lots of guys have been playing doesn't impact the uh, the, the quality of the golf this weekend. Um, the average scoring uh, when the event was in May was 72.5. When it was in March previously, so from 82 to 2006, it was 73.4. So it was almost a stroke harder uh, played in March. And that's I suppose down to two two things. One, obviously, the the weather conditions is much much windier, um, much more susceptible to rain and and colder conditions in uh, in March. And the other thing is obviously the different grasses; they grow at different rates. And at this time of year, um, it makes the course basically play longer. That they have been overseeding the course, um, so again, it will it will there'll be less run out from a course point of view. Although the greens are still anticipated to be as hard um, as they were last week and as fast as they were last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, so um, it's going to put a premium on being in the fairways and ball striking approach to greens going to be fundamental. So look for kind of the best ball strikers, the best iron players. To perform well here, and that's historically been the case. Um, you, you know, you look at some of the some of the winners over the recent years, um, the likes of Webb Simpson, who completely bored us all by winning by so many strokes last year. He was awesome last year, but that was because his putter was insane. But he's a great ball striker. So Webb Simpson won in 2018, Siwoo Kim 2017, Jason Day in 2016. Although in fairness to Jason, he's a great short game player as well. Ricky Fowler 2015, Martin Keimer 2014, and Tiger 2013. Sergio's also won this event too. So again, just puts narrative that great ball strikers tend to do well in this event. Um, in terms of the betting, we have DJ Rory leading uh, the betting at 12 to 1. Then there's a bit of a drop to JT, 16 to 1. Then Fowler and Rose at 20 to 1 before we have Kepka Molinari, 22 to 1. And then after that, you've got Woods, Ram, Fleetwood, Shoffley, Bryson, and Sergio. Um, winner this week for me. I could have gone in a billion different different directions. A part of me wanted to go back to back with Francesco uh, Molinari's at twenty two to one. Um, it, it just he, play, he played so well last week. He's also had four top tens at Bay Hill, um, and he's got one of the best stroke averages in the last five TPC Sawgrass um, Player Championships. So I was really close to picking him, but I just uh, it's very hard to go back to back, let alone win. So. 
I'm not going to go with him, but I am going to go with the other half of Mollywood. I'm going with Tommy. Tommy Fleetwood at 28 to 1. Um, great week last week, tied third. He was tied seventh in this event last year. He's playing some phenomenal golf, um, and it has done now for a couple of years. He likes hard tracks. His iron play, his ball strike is ridiculous. Um, I just think he, he's too good not to win on the PGA Tour, uh, and he's due a victory. So 28 to 1, I really like his, his odds. Um, I mean, there were a couple of others that I... I was really close. I'm sorry, I said Francesco, I could have gone with. I, I, I don't fancy DJ, Rory, JT, Fowler or Rose. I didn't fancy any of the top five for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I think all of them have kind of got little hiccups. I mean, maybe DJ over all of them. Um, but there were some others kind of at the late 20s, early 30s. I did quite like the look of. I also like the look of Ram. And I'll come on to one of the, the, the picks that the lads have, have taken um, uh, later on. And uh, Xander Schoffelet was one of them. So he's a, he's a good pick as well, 28 to 1. Um, in terms of outsiders to have a look at, two, and I mentioned them earlier um, in wrapping up last week's Arnold Palmer. Uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, 55 to 1. His last six PGA Tour starts have all finished in top 25 finishes. And obviously, he finished tied third. Um, last week he has had a tied fourth in this event in 2017 and he was tied 17th last year so he likes this event um, he's playing some decent golf at the minute he's had 14 top 10s uh, on the PGA Tour over the last three years so again he's playing he's playing some good golf he's been in some decent form um, I just like him 55 to 1 I think he's a good each way bet um, and another good each way bet is a gentleman who's putting like his hair's on fire, and that's Lucas Glover, 66 to 1. He's had four top 10s and eight top 20s so far this season. He finished tied sixth here uh, a couple of years ago, and, and he was leading through 36 holes before he had horrendous uh, round three. So, again, he knows this place. He's playing some great stuff. His ball striking is unbelievable, and his putting is phenomenal. So, look, um, at just at 66 to 1, it's not the longest course. I know it'll play longer than the 7,100 yards it is. Again, I just think it's, this is sort of course that will play well for him. So, it will be interesting to see how he fares this week. Um in terms of the picks against the, the lads, so at the minute, the um, the table reads, I've got four points, Adam's got uh, three points, and Mark, Invisible Golfer, and Simon Byford each have one point. Um, I've decided to make two points available for this week. So we could have a new number one, or we could have one of the lads coming up from the back to challenge for the lead. So... Um, as I said, I've gone with Tommy. Tommy Fleetwood, 28 to 1. You've got Adam, who's the hot hand, has gone for a very good pick. Xander Schoffele, who's also 28 to 1. Uh, he played this event for the first time last year and came tied for second. He's currently number two in the FedEx Cup. Uh, he's played some great golf. Brilliant golfer. Um, so, look, he's he's in some brilliant form. It'll be interesting to see how he does this week. Mark, I really like Mark's pick as well. He was one of mine for a potential outsider. I had him last week as an outsider. That's Ian Poulter at 50 to 1. Um, uh, he's had two runner up finishes here at the plays. He loves this course, um, always plays it pretty well. He obviously lives not, not a million miles away uh, in Florida. He's in some great form this year. Um, I think last week he finished tied for 22nd or something around there so it's certainly tied in the 20s which was his worst finish all season so again just shows the form that he's in so Ian Poulter at 50 to 1 is a great little pick 
And Simon, again, I think Simon's picked an interesting one. He's gone for a little bit of an outsider in Kevin Kisner at 125 to 1. Kevin Kisner is always there or thereabouts, always makes the cut, always in the top 30. Last week, he made a little bit of a push before falling away in the final round. He was in the top five or six, I believe, going into the final round last week, um, but just sort of fell away and finished tied for 23rd. Um, so again, he's in some good form, 125 to 1, great little outside pick. Um, and again, I think this course, you know, he's not longest hitter, but he's a great iron player, great grinder. Um, and this course could could require that. I think that's kind of the most interesting thing about the players is that, look, you you can get some low scores, as we saw last year, with relatively benign conditions. But cool, you can get some blow ups. Um, you know, there's a potential for a 65. There's also a potential for an 85 out there if you really get on the wrong side of the course and, and, and are not playing well. So... Look, it's a fascinating week. It's not the fifth major. It's just a very, very good golf tournament. Um, it's an iconic tournament. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to try and get in as much viewing as I can do. I'm not travelling this weekend, so I've got no excuses. Looking forward to it. Hopefully you guys will too. As I mentioned, there will be a second podcast dropping at the back end of this week. Um, and there'll also be a podcast with Adam and Simon that I will drop probably next week. Uh, as well so look out for that too Uh, if you could subscribe comment follow me on twitter that would be amazing any comments gratefully received and if you've got anyone that you think i should be interviewing for the secondary podcast each week please do hit me up on twitter at the spike bar i'm keen to kind of uh, keep on talking to interesting people so always keen to uh, to be put in touch but for now enjoy the week enjoy the players and uh, come on tommy bring it home Cheers for now. Bye.